Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. We are continuing to teach on the Holy Spirit. Who is the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit whom we must fellowship with according to the scriptures. And he helps us to know God more and to have a deeper relationship with our father i strongly believe that when we engage the holy spirit in our walk with god he helps us not to just have a religious experience with god but to have a relationship with him so that god becomes real so that when you say you you have a relationship with god your own spirit can also witness to that. That it is not just about attending church services. It is not just about coming to sing songs, give offerings, but it is to experience the touch and the love of your father in your life. He is the one who has given to us to come and dwell on the inside of us to live and to abide in us so that we can truly know that God is alive. I think there is no any other thing that can make us to be fully convinced that God is alive than the person of the Holy Spirit. And not only that, the Holy Spirit does, does not just want to lie dormant on the inside of us, but he wants to participate in our day-to-day -day activities. He wants to manifest himself. And he does so through the gifts. And, and the reason why we, we took time to teach on the gifts, in most cases, is that we limit them to just apostles, prophets. We, we, we think they have been exclusively reserved for the fivefold ministers. And when I say fivefold ministers, I mean the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. And we as ordinary believers, we think maybe the Holy Spirit cannot use us in that particular way. And that's why we were just spending some time. And today we'll be dealing with the last three gifts. So we are continuing on the topic, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be part three. And we're going to read our main text again from 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. From verse number four, it says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation, it says, of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Gifts are not for selfish benefit. But it is so that those who are around you may benefit from the gifts. And take note, the Bible is very um, specific to call them gifts. It means by his grace, God decides to give us these gifts. We don't work for them. We don't buy them. 
but God gives them to us. Underline, it says, for the profit of all. And of course, the principle here again, it says, he who waters will himself be watered, right? And what that means is, even as you minister with these gifts to other people who are around you, you also get to benefit from them. God also wants to impact your life through these gifts. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse number 7, so that you come short in no gift. So that is God's will for us. So that we don't fall short when it comes to the gifts that are available for us. God wants to give you a gift that you need for a particular situation that you might be faced with. The Bible says, as we said even last week, God wants us to desire to be gifted, to desire spiritual gifts, it says. There's nothing wrong with desiring a spiritual gift. The Bible gives us permission to desire to be gifted by God spiritually. In other words, to be empowered by God to be able to do supernatural things in our lives. And not only that, the Bible says we must also desire the best gifts. This scripture used to give me problems because I used to struggle and ask myself this question. God, what do you mean we need to desire best gifts? Which one is better than the other? And the answer was very simple in a sense that the best gift is the one that you need at a particular given time. Because if you need the gift of healing, when uh, there's no one that you're supposed to minister to, then that gift is not the best gift in that situation. The best gift would be whatever gift that you need to address a situation that you are confronted with. So sometimes you will need the working of a miracle. Sometimes you will need the gift of faith like we were sharing last week. Sometimes you will need the word of knowledge. Sometimes you will need the word of wisdom. So even as you pray, you know, express your desire that may God give you the best gift at a given time. So that when you are faced with a particular situation, you can be equipped and empowered by God with a relevant gift. Amen. A relevant gift. I'm sure we all know that you cannot play basketball in a soccer field. No matter how gifted you can be as a basketball player, you cannot play basketball in a soccer field. You cannot play soccer in a basketball field. Hallelujah. So, so let me also emphasize, Pastor and say again, these gifts are not to be confined within the four walls of the church. Sometimes we, we have abused the gifts of God just to, you know, play church. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, many of us have gone to extremes with these gifts. Because when we come to church, we want to prove how prophetic we are and whatever the case may be. But then we don't use these gifts outside of church. We have made them to be what, I mean, Jesus <laughs> used gifts, if we may call them that, performed miracles outside of the four walls of the church. How did Jesus know that there was money in the mouth of the fish? Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. And that was not for a church service. That was for paying tax. 
That was for paying tax. So you cannot limit, limit miracles just for church services. All of us as we are seated here, from time to time you will need a miracle in your business. You will need a miracle in your career. You can wake up tomorrow, you can be retrenched. You will need a miracle for another job. <laughs> and you will have to allow the gifts of the Spirit to flow in and through your life. Are we together? Amen. So study the Bible, you will realize that most of the miracles happened outside of church. Outside of a church service. Even Jesus Christ himself, 80-90% of the things that he did, it was not during a church service. He healed people in their homes, on the streets, even West Lazarus was in the grave. Hey. So it was, you don't have to be in a church service for God to work. And many of us, we think it is within the, you know, two hours on Sunday. If God did not do anything on Sunday between 9 and 11, it means there's absolutely nothing that God can ever do. But I, I don't know about you. I need a miracle every day of my life. As soon as I open my eyes, I want to see the Holy Spirit at work in my life. So we said there are revelation gifts. We did speak about them. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, descending of spirits. And of course, next we said there are power gifts. We spoke about that last week. The gift of faith. Jesus. Gifts of healings. Then we said working of miracles. Remember we said the gift of healing, the, the gift of faith receives the miracle. Yeah. And then the gift of working of miracles works the miracle. Yeah. So don't just receive the miracle. Many of us are walking around with miracles that we have already conceived, but we are afraid to work them. We are afraid to step out and work them. If Jesus did not go to the grave, Lazarus was not going to come out even though the miracle was already received. Because it was received when he said he is not dead. He is sleeping. The miracle was received. But if it did not go to the grave. So some of us, God promises you a job, right? And you receive that miracle through faith in you. But when they phone and they say you did not get the job, you sit down and you give up. Instead of continuing to knock because the promise has been to you, the job is yours. So work it. Work it. Jesus had to give them practical things to do. There's no, there's no wine at the wedding. He says, pour water into the jars. He's working that miracle. He's working it. And then it began to change. They run out of food, right? There's not enough to feed 5,000. He asks. Because he has already received a miracle by faith. He asks, what do we have? They say, just uh, two fish and five loaves. He says, okay, fine. Let's start giving the people. He's working the miracle. It began to multiply. He is working that miracle. So even in your life, don't just believe. The Bible says even demons believe and they tremble. So believe and act on your faith. Faith without works is dead. So after you have believed, I always say this, faith is not faith until it, it has been acted upon. So you need to work it to produce the miracle. Amen. Amen. So we can believe all we want. We believe we are going to take the nations. But if you don't come to Hillcrest and start a campus, you are not going to take the nations. Hey. Hey. Jesus. Hey. 
At least you need to start with cities. <laughs> you have got to start somewhere. Amen. And today we are going to be focusing on the gifts of utterance, which is the gift of prophecy, different kinds of tongues and interpretation. We are, of course, going to be focusing mainly on the gift of prophecy. You know, tongues and interpretation, we spoke a lot about that during our Ignite experience, right? We are a church that believes in speaking and praying in tongues. Because it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Are we together? Now let's look at these gifts which are classified under the gifts of utterance. These are the gifts of inspiration. These are the gifts that say something. After the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts chapter number 2, the Bible says that they began to speak in other tongues, right? As the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do when he comes upon you, it, it is to give you the ability to speak. Utterance is the ability to speak. And the reason why the Holy Spirit has to do that, it is because there is power in speaking. There is power in speaking. And God wants to take advantage of that tool in our lives to inspire us so that we can speak under the influence of the Holy Spirit because through our tongues, we can destroy our lives. We can destroy our marriages. We can destroy our families. We can destroy through the words that come out of our mouth. So the first thing that God does, because it does not matter how spiritual you can be, it does not matter how many services you can attend as a child of God, but if you don't know how to use your tongue, you can destroy your own life. The Bible says death and life, that's how critical it is. Death and life Death and life. Look, it does not even say sickness and disease or healing. It says death and life is in the power of your tongue. So you can use your tongue to build or you can use your tongue to destroy. So that's why God therefore gifts us with the gifts of utterance so that we can be able to speak and release life, uh, you know, upon our families. Are we together, Barcelona? First Corinthians 1 verse 5 says that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. God wants to equip us and enrich us with things that we must speak or things that we must say. So as a child of God, one of the things that you must be uh, conscious with in your life is, is, is words that you are speaking on daily basis. If you are going to wake up early in the morning, even after a powerful service like the one that we've just had this morning, and you are going to wake up tomorrow morning and you are going to speak negative words over your life, you are going to speak negative words over your family, over your marriage, over your job, you are complaining all throughout the day, you are always seeing and speaking the worst of who you are your children your finances you are always speaking negatively let me tell you it does not matter how many times you go to church per week but let me tell you your life is going to become you know according to the declarations and the confessions you are making each and every day even if you can call me as a mighty man of God after I've spent 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain and I'm glowing in the dark and I come and I pray for you, I can do all of that. But if you with your mouth, you are not speaking things that are building your life and your marriage and your family and your finances, let me tell you, you are doomed. 
That's why the Bible says we must be enriched by him. God wants to take control of what we say concerning our lives. That's why he gives us these gifts. We said when we spoke during our Ignite experience that one of the benefits of speaking or praying in tongues is that God tames your tongue. He tames your tongue so that it does not become a, a tool for the devil. The Bible says the tongue is a small little thing in our lives. Small little thing. But it says with it, hey, we can destroy our lives. We, it says with it, we can, we can break down things. It says it is like, you know, a small spark of fire that can set a, a forest on fire with our tongue. So we really need to yield our tongue to the Holy Spirit so that he can teach us how to speak. You will see in just a moment. So we need to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us to speak the things which are, the Bible says, which are proper. Titus chapter number 2 verse 1. But as of you, speak the things which are proper. How many of us we know that every day as we wake up going about our business, especially after you have prayed in the morning, you still speak things which are not proper. Even when, even after you've said something, you can, even you in your heart, you are convicted, you know that what you've just said something that you were not supposed to say. And guess what? Sometimes we are too proud to even correct it. We stomach it. It's out there. It's like, I'm not going to repent. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not, there are people who destroy their marriage or their families every day with the words that come out of their mouth. Things that they say to their spouses and, you know, things... Small things like even, because the Bible says here we need to speak things that are proper. So it, 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 for me, that's a category. There are many things that we can put under that category of proper things. A simple thing like the truth. Simple thing like, like the truth. You see, that's why the Bible says, let your yes be yes. And your no be no. It says anything beyond that is from deception. I like it in the, in the Persian translation, it says, a simple yes will suffice. Have you ever had a person that you ask them a question, instead of giving you yes or no, they start with a preamble of explaining why you must take the answer that they are about to give you. It's like, all that I wanted is yes or no. But when a person starts by explaining, I get worried. It's like, why do you have to go to town to try and get me to believe your yes or your no. That's why the Bible says a simple yes or no will suffice. So don't over explain and, and try and... Because how many of you know another scripture that says, in a multitude of words, <laughs> sin abounds. So sometimes to speak less will help. Just to say yes or no. Oh, I don't know. That's another key word that a, that, that a person will refuse to use. You know, that, that word, I don't know, will save you from a lot of trouble. Because all the time we want to appear as if we know. And we push ourselves to a corner of saying, and if you don't know, you'll have to use a lot of words to try and cover for your ignorance. <laughs> and then, in the midst of that, you end up saying things which are not proper. So that's why then God, when he fills us with the Holy Spirit, he wants us to be inspired by him so that when you speak, God will 
teach you or give you words. That's why the Bible says we must not also be afraid when we are taken before great people. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will give us words to speak. So that's how God wants to function in our lives. So that even in your marriage, you can be in the middle of intense fellowship with your spouse. There and there, the Holy Spirit will step in to restrain you from saying things which will <laughs> create problems for you. <laughs> or things that when you speak them, they are going to affirm your spouse, encourage your spouse, and most importantly, build your marriage. I'm sure we all know how when we are upset or we are angry, it is difficult to control what you say to a point that we expect the next person to understand after you've said the most hateful thing. And then you expect them to, uh, to, 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 to understand and, and say to them, no, I was angry. I always tell people that that's when I believe you. When you are angry, that's when I believe you. You meant it. <laughs> Jesus. At the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes you will never know what's hidden in that heart until you step on someone's toe. And then the heart, before thinking, will express how I always felt about you. I didn't get a chance to tell you. So whatever you say when you are angry, that's when I believe you. When the presence is in the place, okay, you are feeling good at the moment. So whatever that you are saying, it's just to, you know, help the mood. But when you are upset, what are the things that you are saying? So, when you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, be strategic develop a habit of having conversations with the Holy Spirit because once you do so, you know, one of the greatest pleasures of walking with God and once he fills you with the Holy Spirit is that you can even sense his presence when he begins to manifest. And when you engage him, maybe you are having your time of devotion, you are writing your journal down, the things that he will inspire you to speak, they will be so even amazing to you, it will be as if it's not you talking. And it needs to become a habit all the time because when you do so, then he tames your tongue and he begins to teach you to speak, to be able to, you know, words are very critical. Words are even seeds that you are sowing in people's hearts. And one day you are going to receive a harvest of what you have sown. You see, that's why I say even in relationships, words are critical because you can sow something that you said in passing and you never noticed that what you said, it registered in a person's heart and it can sit with them for three, four, five months and one day when the harvest comes, it's not because of the incident that is happening at that particular point in time. It's because of the seed that you released when you spoke. And it stayed in their spirit. And they kept on thinking, I'm sure you, you, you once had this uh, um, situation in your life that somebody says something in passing, right? And you had a conversation with that word, but that person is no longer there to explain what they meant. 
but you were left with a phrase and you engaged with it. You had a conversation, but unfortunately now another spirit is busy explaining what they meant. In their absence, they are long gone. Maybe your, your, your wife said something, you know, when she was walking out going to work. And you stayed with that and you had a conversation with that statement. You were like, I wonder what she meant when she said this. And all of a sudden, there's, a, there's an opinion that comes. Yeah, actually, because of this, this is actually what she means. Actually, she was trying to be offensive towards you because she's implying that you are not so responsible as a husband. And you're having this conversation and your heart is bubbling. This person is away. Not even there to answer for themselves what they meant. They are there at work having lunch or something, but you are having this conversation. And then you pack it because when they came back, they were happy and you thought, oh, okay, so the mood has changed and then you play along. But one day, the harvest will come because it stayed here. So that's why it's very key. Am I allowed to make this example? You don't even know the example. You don't know the example. Right, I'm, I'm left with a few minutes. My, my wife and I agreed that we, we're not going to use the word divorce. No matter how much we can fight, we're not going to use that word. Because I said, when you say it, I'm going to believe you. Because for me, nothing warrants in our disagreements, nothing can ever warrant to be threatened with divorce. Nothing. I, I might have, and I'm talking about now simple basic things, right? I'm not talking about the relationship where there's abuse and whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about simple basic things. I, I didn't... Uh, mow the lawn, uh, <laughs> I forgot to buy bread, or whatever the case may be, and other much more intense things. But it cannot be, no matter how, how upset you can be, that you will say to me, you are going to leave me, because I'll believe you. Because yeah. words are critical, and also saying with her that if I ever use that, believe me. Because this thing, I can, I can say that word and, and we, can, we can have a discussion about it and I can say, oh, I'm sorry, I did not. But it might take her five years to just erase it in her mind. Because each time she sees me, she can be like, this one can leave me anytime. Anything is possible. So Nami... Whatever that I do, I need to watch myself. Let me have another stash on the side, just in case he leaves me. Because that's a strong word. Like when a person says, I hate you, that's a strong word. Even if you can wake up tomorrow and say to me, you love me, it will be difficult for me to believe. That's why the Bible says, 
Let us be enriched by him. Who? The Holy Spirit. Jesus in our hearts. By his spirit. Let us be enriched by him. In all utterance. Speak words that are proper. Words that will release life. Words that will build. Words that will encourage. You can't tell nobody that you are useless. You are, you are this. You are that. You are ugly. Look at you. You are not building nobody. Why use such language? Especially if you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Yield your tongue to him. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And I always pray for that. That You know, one of the things that um, uh, I love doing is that I, I, I like doing stuff for people in such a way that sometimes it becomes difficult for me to say no. And that's, this is what I'm praying for each and every day, that God teach me to say no. Because sometimes even with your good intentions, you said yes, because you had good intentions, you wanted to do that. But unfortunately, you end up not being able to do it, and then you end up becoming like a liar. And even though you had good intentions, but sometimes saying no will save you from a lot of trouble. Just to say, no, I can't. Let me rather deal <laughs> with somebody who is offended by my no. Rather than to say yes and subject myself to guilt of not being able to do what I promised to do. May we learn how to say no to our spouses. No to our children. No to our friends. No to our colleagues. Come, let's watch soccer. No, I can't. Sometimes we say yes because at the back of my mind, I'll be able to explain myself to my wife on Saturday. I promised her we are going to, but because you said yes to your friend now, you are patiently waiting for an opportunity to escape. Let our no be no. Now let's talk about, as I close now, this gift called the gift of prophecy. The Bible says we need to desire spiritual gifts, but it says especially that we may prophesy. Let me tell you this, Barcelona. For as long as Jesus has not returned, we are going to need this gift. I know that it has been abused, wrongly used, misunderstood, but the solution is not for us to avoid it because we need it. And I'm going to show you why do I say we need it. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 20, we must not despise prophecies. We must not despise it because there's a place for it in our walk with God. What is prophecy? Prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. It means to flow forth or to babble forth. It means to speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that should be mysterious about that. Take note. As I said even a couple of weeks ago that this gift of prophecy is not under the gifts of revelation. So for me to prophesy, I don't have to tell you about your past, your future. It, it, it does not have to be re a revelation of any kind. But it is when I learn to yield to the Spirit of God to inspire me to speak into your life. Or to speak over a situation. 
Are we here, Bazalan? Now, I'm going to just, 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 just give me a few seconds and then I'm going to uh, put everything into perspective for us. So, like I said, it is to speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I said the Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter number 19 that after uh, uh, Paul and them laid hands on those disciples who did not receive the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to prophesy. This did not mean that they began to speak IT numbers, dates, and whatever the case may be, but it simply meant they began to speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, speaking under the Holy, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit means that you have so much of a relationship with the Spirit of God that you have learned to surrender to Him, so that even when you are having a normal conversation, there's no that says the Lord here, you are just having a normal conversation, you can begin to engage with this person, begin to speak about things that are specific in their life without even you knowing. Your intention is not to prophesy. Your intention is not to predict anything, but you are just encouraging this person. And all of a sudden, because your heart is yielded to the Spirit of God, He begins to inspire you. And all of a sudden, you are making sense to this person, even when you yourself, you don't know why are you saying this. And you just feel like saying this thing for the sake of having a conversation, but all of a sudden, to that particular person, it registered that you know what, you are encouraging me. And the reason why that happens, it is because the Bible says when you prophesy, you are doing three things. You are edifying, you are exhorting, and you are comforting. Those are the three main elements of a prophetic word in the life of a person. When I'm going to prophesy or speak prophetically to Pastor Goodwill, number one, I don't even have to say I am going to prophesy in your life. I don't even have to say thus says the Lord. As a matter of fact, there's no need for me to even say that the only thing that I need to do is to learn how to have good fellowship with the Spirit of God so that when He wants to use me, because sometimes I can speak to goodwill. I don't know what He's been through during the week. I don't know the challenges that He's faced with, but I'm simply yielding to the Spirit of God that when He wants to use me to encourage Him, He can use my tongue. He can use my speech. He can use the conversation that we are having to speak words that will not just go to His mind, but they will go to His Spirit and begin to strengthen him from within. Amen. And can you imagine what will happen to the church if we can have such conversations each and every day? Because let's be honest, Bazalan, we go through tough seasons in our lives. Many of us at our workplaces, it's, it's so toxic, it's tiring. You know, by the time you, you finish with your day, you don't even wish you can come back tomorrow. But let me tell you this, Bazalan, if only as we connect, you find somebody that when they speak, Jesus puts it like this. He says, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Life-giving conversations. Not conversations of gossip. Not conversations of breaking each other down. Not conversations of negativity. But conversations that after you have complained about a situation you were faced with at work, I will allow the Spirit of God to use me to speak something that is going to strengthen you. To speak something that is going to edify you. In other words, to build you up. A simple God is with you. Don't give up. 
God is with you. you. You see, once you can start speaking like that each and every day, the Holy Spirit is always going to ride on your conversations to inspire you and give you words that you can speak to a person, drop scriptures in your heart that you can share with this particular believer. That's why even when you pray and you are thinking about somebody, you know what? Don't take it for granted because when you pray, you are in the presence of God. And when God puts a name of a person in your heart or he brings a picture of somebody, pray for them. And while you are praying for them, whatever it is that you think about as you are praying, maybe, maybe it's a verse, maybe it's a statement that you can say. As soon as you say amen, send them a text message, you will not know how far it will go when somebody does not expect anything because it says, God sees me in my tough situation. God is aware of what I'm going through and he has sent this person to encourage me. Edification, exhortation and comfort. Just to say to a person in this season that you are in, know that God loves you. Know that God is with you. Know that God will never leave you or nor forsake you. Let me tell you, if you fill your heart with the word of God, by the time you speak prophetically, you are just simply going to be speaking the word. There's no struggle about that. God is with you. It's in the verse. God loves you. It's in the verse. He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. It's in the verse. When you are going through the value of the shadow of death, God is with you. It's in the scripture. Fear not. Don't be afraid. God is going to help you. It's in the scripture. All that God does is to inspire a particular verse. Maybe it's a statement that you once read somewhere. And at that particular point in time, you feel like sharing it with this person. You don't know how far it will go. I can't, I can't count many people that I just called out of nowhere just to find out how they are doing. And they'll be like, oh, pastor, you know, this morning I was just thinking about calling you because this situation, you know, I'm faced with this particular thing. And then all of a sudden they will say, but, but you know what, you, by what you've just said, you've just given me an answer. And all I did was to yield to what the Holy Spirit was inspiring. And sometimes I myself don't know why do I have to call. I always look at it this way. That when you are going to speak prophetically to another person, it's like you have a piece of a puzzle that you don't know what it means until you minister it to another person who holds the other half. And all of a sudden when you share that word, only they can confirm that you know what, <laughs> actually I needed to hear that. How many people have you spoken to after you spoke to them, they said to you, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. L let me tell you, it's something that we have taken. The Bible says don't despise prophets just simply because it's called prophecy. Then we're like, I know, I don't want to be regarded, hey, you know, those things. People are, no, but it's in the Bible. The Bible says we must not despise it. Encourage somebody. Speak and edify somebody. Exhort somebody. That word exhort means to draw near. Somebody might be on the verge of giving up on God. But, but by just your simple words that you spoke, you are going to exhort them. In other words, you are going to draw them near. You are going to draw them nearer to God. To say there's no need for you to leave God. There's no need for you to give up on God. God is, 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 is aware of what you are going through. God is aware of the, of the confusion that you are going through. Let me tell you, Bazalwan. The Bible says a prophetic word is like light that shines in darkness. So sometimes somebody might be in a thick, dark cloud in their season. 
It will take your words of affirmation, your words of edification, your words of exhortation to bring them that little light that they need. Just so that their mind can be cleared up about some of the things that they are confused about. Many people end up making wrong decisions, not because they are bad people, but it is simply because of the dark cloud that they find themselves in. And all that they need is a word that comes from God through your lips. David says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Somebody just needs one scripture from you, just that you are going to share and say, you know what? I was praying for you this morning and this is what the Lord laid in my heart. Here's a scripture for you. I'm not telling you your, your ID number. I'm not giving you your, your physical address. All that I'm sharing with you is a word that I believe is going to encourage you. Amen. And I don't have to be a prophet for that. There's a gift that God has released into the church that we can use so that somebody else can be. And, 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 and these prophetic words Paul says to Timothy. He says, I urge you to take these words and wage good warfare with them. So all of these words that are spoken in your life or all of these words that you sense when you pray that God is putting in your spirit, write them down. Paul was simply saying to Paul and to Timothy and take them that when you pray, you are going to declare them. You are going to speak them. You are going to release them prophetically over your life, over the atmosphere, over your family, over your business. Can you imagine what can happen that each and every day they are words that you are going to speak prophetically over your family, over your marriage and you are going to declare the word of God and you are going to speak over your wife and say, God, I thank you for my wife. I thank you that she's a godly woman. I thank you that she submitted to me as, as a husband. You know what? It does not mean she's perfect, but what am I doing? I am just simply edifying her in the spirit. I am speaking because as I do so, there is no distance in the spirit. As I do so, I am actually ministering to her, to her spirit so that she can become according to the words that I am declaring. This is exactly what God said to the prophet Ezekiel in the valley of the dry dead bones. God comes and he says, son of man, can these bones live again? So in other words, yes, you are in a tough situation, but can it change? So God was simply saying it's entirely up to your prophetic perspective and your prophetic utterances. And then he says to him, son of man, prophesy over these bones. Now Ezekiel did not speak something mysterious. All that he said was, oh, ye dry dead bones hear the word of the Lord and the Bible says when he declared that the spirit came and the spirit and, the, and then it says there was noise that was heard in that valley and when he said that Barcelona, the dry dead bones came back to life so death and life is in the power of your tongue it's up to you to rise up prophesy over your job prophesy over your life prophesy over your finances prophesy over your business prophesy over your destiny prophesy Prophesy over your children. Prophesy over your future. Prophesy. Declare the word of the Lord. Declare over your situation. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Surely I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Prophesy the word of the Lord over your life and over your family. And say, surely the Lord will never leave me. And no forsake me. Declare the word of the Lord. Speak prophetically and say I'm the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. Prophesy son of man from your belly. Speak over your challenging situation. Speak over your sickness and disease. Speak 
Speak over your career. Speak over your job. Speak over whatever it is that you are faced with. You have been given this mouth to use it as a weapon of warfare. It does not matter whether the battle intensifies. Intensify your prophetic utterances. When, your pro- when, when the battle intensifies, it means you are not going to just simply sit down and give in and surrender. But you are going to intensify your prophetic utterances. You are going to declare even though I go through the waters, but I'm not going to drown. In other words, you don't say the difficult situation is not there. But you are saying I'm not going to go down with this difficult situation. I am going to be be like the four Hebrew boys that even though I'm in the fire but I'm not going to be burned I'm not going to be consumed I'm going to come out stronger I'm going to come out wiser I'm going to come out better I'm going to come out more blessed more favored in the name of Jesus this mouth was never given to destroy to gossip, to criticize, to bite, but it was given to speak life, to build with words, to be constructive, to exhort, to edify, to comfort. Use them effectively. And even if you are alone at home, begin to prophesy upon your life and say, Jacob, you know what? You are blessed. You are anointed. You are highly favored. The hand of God is upon your life. You are a builder. You are bold. You are undeterred. You are innovative. You are laborious. You are diligent. You are a builder. You will prosper in what you are building. You will never fail because God is with you. You will never give up because God is with you. Begin to declare things which are not as though they are. I don't have to wait for my situation to change before I can prophesy. But I change my situation through a prophetic word. I begin to speak to atmospheres. I begin to speak to situations. Just like how God in the beginning said, let there be light and there was light. So shall I speak over my difficult situation. So shall I prophesy. So shall I declare. So shall I decree. So shall I. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.